Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I really, really appreciate that you take time out of your schedule to spend with us so that we can talk about how you can thrive as an entrepreneur, how you can live thriving. Uh, you know, thriving means different things to every person you talk to. Um, and it also has some to do with what stage you're at in life. Um, you know, whether you're young and you have, uh, you know, something to prove or you're going places or, you know, maybe you're in the middle of your life and it's more about lifestyle and really having the things that are truly important to you fit around being an entrepreneur. When you get a little older, uh, a lot of times it starts becoming more about significance. You've uh, experienced a level of success, not saying that you might continue to still experience success, but um, often the older you get, the more you really want what you're doing to be significant. And none of those stages are specific, nor are they uh, one better than the other. It's just simply a matter of thriving. Thriving is being the best part of who you are. Because then that way, you really, truly are living up to your purpose. You are fulfilling your destiny. There's nobody else on this planet that can ever be you. You're the one and only you. You're as unique as a snowflake. You live and are made by a creator that is so creative that no two snowflakes are alike, and no two people are alike. You may have similar talents, you may have the exact same job as somebody else, but nobody else can tell your story. Nobody else can be you. You could talk about an event that you and another person who's your same age, same demographic all the way around, um, works the same job, all of that stuff, in the same situation, you could tell the same story that they're telling, and your stories are going to be different because both what you see, what caught your attention, as well as the way you tell things from your perspective is going to be different. And that's so exciting. That's what's really cool about us as people. Um, and then as entrepreneurs, we are the ones who really get to express ourselves in the world, to bring all that we are to the world and create something new to be the best part of ourselves and do whatever we can do to help make our world just a little bit better. Just, uh, you know, if we can just all help the people around us make a needlepoint shift. And if every day, rather than being focused, because it becomes so overwhelming, we focus on changing the world you know, on something that's going to revolutionize industry. Whereas if we just focus on uh, 
you know, what little change can we make? What could we do to help and serve one person? I don't know if uh, any of you that are listening today are old enough to remember uh, Schoolhouse Rock uh, from cartoons when we were little kids. Um, and I don't know if they still play them. I haven't seen them on TV, you know, with my grandkids. But uh, I remember they were talking about mother necessity. They were talking about inventors and inventions. And one of the ones that sticks out in my mind is uh, mother necessity asking, um, you know, uh, Elias Singer, can you help me with my sewing? And he takes his creative mind and invents the sewing machine. Um, and uh, that is so much what we as entrepreneurs do. We take the need, often the needs of our of our parents, of our family, of somebody we love, um, and we use our special talent to be able to meet that need. That's awesome. Um, but we do it much like in that story, by focusing on the needs of that one person. You know, I don't know the story of Elias Singer other than that uh, that song in between cartoons when I was a little kid. Um, but the concept, the way that they express it is, is, is that he simply saw the need of the one person, his mom, and created something to help her, to make her life easier. And so I encourage you today, if you just narrow it down, if you just think about who is that one person I could help, and I could just help them make that needlepoint shift. I don't have to change their whole world, change their whole lives. I don't have to help every single person on the planet with this idea I come up with or with the next step I take in my business. But just simply, who can I help that one person and how can I help them make a needle point shift today? How can I show up as the best version of myself and allow that to really, truly make an impact in the world? You know, if, if all of us just, if everybody on the whole planet all got together and they just all decided universally that we were all just going to do that, be the best version of ourselves, see what we could do today to just help just one person make just a needle point shift towards the positive in their life. What an amazing world that would be. That is what we as entrepreneurs live. That's the dream. That's the goal that we have in life is to help better our world, to help the people around us, to meet the needs that we see um, and bring those to a place where they can help a person, but also help us live the life that we are meant to live. And I think both of those can uh, coincide with one another. I think you can do great good in the world. And I think that you can be paid for what you do. I think that it's very true that a workman is worthy of his hire, meaning that when you do good, it's okay to get paid good. Because let's face it, when good people have more money, they do more good in the world. And that's what we really want to do as entrepreneurs, is bring out the best of ourselves. Monetize that.
and really move to a place where we are doing the greatest good that we can do 100% and fully as ourselves. So as you can imagine, today we're going to talk about entrepreneurs, um, and I've brought in a very special guest. I'm so excited that Errol had time to be able to spend with me again so that we can really dive deep. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, Errol is amazing. He has 45 companies that have every single one of them succeeded, and he has sold for a profit, starting from small amounts of money. And by small amounts of money, I think he said he sold his first company for like $600,000. Small amounts of money. (laughs) Um, You know, all the way up to enormous sums that some of the last ones have sold for in the billions of dollars. I mean, it's progressive, and you'll hear some of that in the episode today. But the point is, I want you to really listen. This man is Jim, and he has so much knowledge Every time I talk to him, I, I sort of kind of feel like I'm a toddler, um, you know, not even maybe toddler, you know, I'm a small child learning how to stand on my own two feet for the very first time so that eventually I can learn how to walk. And um, it's fun to be able to just sit and listen to him and learn from him. So I encourage you, grab your pen and paper during this quick commercial break. We're going to be right back with Errol Abrams and Errol Abramson, and he is going to revolutionize how you begin to look and think in your business. Don't go away. We will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back today we're talking about being an entrepreneur I'm so excited to welcome back my good friend and an amazing business person errol abramson hi errol how are you today Oh, thank you very much for having me again, Steve. It's really good to see you, and it's really wonderful to have a chance to be on your show again. Oh, well, we love having you here. Um, you know, it just uplevels all of us so much. I could spend hours just sitting and listening to you talk about business. So to be able to allow the people to listen in for an episode um, and get some up-leveling in what they're doing in business is, is a real honor for all of us. Well, you know, thank you very much. It's, it's, it's really a thrill to be able to teach now. You know, I've always wanted to be a teacher. And as I retired and, and uh, started selling off my business assets, 
uh, it's given me a chance to uh, start my my uh, entrepreneurial development institute, and and that's a, a venue that we we teach people entrepreneurialism and how to be an entrepreneur. And a lot of people just don't even know what that is. You know, they, they think being an entrepreneur is, is being uh, Richard Branson or uh, uh, Steve Jobs type of thing, you know, being a, a, a multiple billionaire. And it's not true. Um, that's the uh, far end of, of entrepreneurialism. The real true quest of an entrepreneur is to become independent. You know, we went, uh, you and I both went from dependency to independence, didn't we? Absolutely, we did. And for years, you've been independent, running your own business and earning your own paycheck without getting it from somebody else. Well, and of course, I started really, really early in life because that first time you go out and you sell something, you make a lot of money, it's kind of addictive. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's interesting that, that you say that because the three major tools of an entrepreneur, uh, in my opinion, are the number one tool is time. Time is the most valuable asset we have. Uh, you don't get any more of it, but you don't get any less either. And you and I both have the same amount of time in a day available to us. What we do with that time is essentially the end result of who we become. So time is a real big asset. And you know how to be able to utilize your time and, and utilize your time properly and it gets you returns and results, doesn't it? Yes, it does. The second big tool is what you just said. Nothing begins, Steve, until something is sold. And think about that. Nothing begins until something is sold. So the skill of selling is very, very important. And making money from it um, is very essential. You know, a lot of people didn't think there was dignity in being a salesperson. But that's not true. I, you know, I've been a selling person all my life. The first person you're selling is yourself. And anywhere you've got to go, whatever you want to do, you're going to need to make presentations. Even if you're borrowing money, you've got to go to the bank. You've got to make a presentation or they're not going to listen to you, are they? No, they're not. So that's the second tool. And the third tool is creativity. So think about that. The ability to be able to find a different strategy. If what you're doing isn't working, isn't bringing you the results, what will? See, a lot of people think that, that undercapitalization is the failure of business. And that's not true. You know that, Steve? A lot of businesses um, can be well capitalized and still go broke because of mismanagement or the one most important thing is a plan. And if you don't have a plan, how do you execute it? You don't. And if you don't have a plan to execute, you're, what are you going to do to create your business? So we've been working on the ability to plan 
and the ability for execution, I came up with my template, which I think we talked about last time I was with you. Yes, we did. And what we do is we start from a goal back. In other words, being in business, there's something you want to achieve, isn't there? Yes. And what do you want to achieve is the question you ask yourself. So whatever it is that you want to achieve, um, whatever the foundation of being able to create that is the start of the plan. And you need to get an outline, and then you need to take that outline and put it into a things to do. And then you need to get projects that you need to utilize to put your business in the proper perspective. And once you have a plan, then you need to execute it. But once you execute it, then you, then you anal analyze it as well. And your analysis tells you whether your plan is working well or not. If it's not, what can you do to tweak it? What can you do to make it better? And that's where the defeatist attitude comes in. Because normally a business doesn't run the way you think it's going to run from the beginning. You've experienced that, haven't you, Steve? <laughs> so many times over. <laughs> and it's frustrating as hell when it does, when, when, when you, you run into these problems, but that's where creativity comes in. And your ability to be able to call an audible and change the plan. And people say, well, I can't do that. Well, then you shouldn't be in business. You should be working for somebody else. If you're not the captain of those three skills, the ability to control your time, the ability to make a sale, and the ability to be creative, if you can't do those three, then you should be working for somebody else. Makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Have and, you ever had a business ever that went according to the plan you thought you were going to do? <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, one of my first businesses in my book, uh, which you've read, you helped me write, and, and I'm so appreciative of you that you, you, know, you shared my voice, and you really helped me um, portray the image that I wanted to portray to people. and really my life story. And I'm so appreciative of you for doing that, Steve. You just did an excellent job. And I really appreciate that. And one of the first businesses was that Unisurf United We Stand, the, the discount card. And I went through in the book the amount of mistakes I made with that. I don't think you could make more mistakes than I made. <laughs> and, and, you know, I like mirroring. I like to find a business that's similar to what you're doing or the same. And if they're successful, analyze them and find out what their successes are and utilize that for yourself. But I misread the entire business plan for that Unisurf United We Stand. And I ended up um, thinking I was going to prosper like the person I was copying 
because I thought I built a better way, right? And what I really did was hung myself. <laughs> and I had to work my way out of it. I had to find a better way. And we did. We did. And I ended up selling that company for over $600,000 after the renewals of almost a million three. And so that's almost making a million nine hundred thousand dollars off of a company that was a mistake for six, seven months. But I created just enough cash flow to stay in business. And then I took that money and I invested it in my real estate company. And before that, I was undercapitalized, and then I had full capital, and then I started looking at, at good buys. But the buying cycle and the buying scenario and what I wanted to do um, had parameters, had a plan. And when you have a good plan, you get a good result. A bad plan, bad result. No plan, doom. So I comprised that template, and I was able to use that template 44 more times in building other businesses. And it didn't, and it hasn't failed me yet. You, you know my reputation was 45 businesses and no losses. Well, and the thing about it is, and, and you can share whatever numbers you want to, but I also happen to know that some of those businesses, those were some pretty big numbers when you got out of them too. They weren't like, and then I sold it for 20 bucks. <laughs> well, but that was a progression. You know, here's the interesting thing, Steve. When you make a sales presentation, whether you make it for $15 or $15 million, the foundation of a presentation is the same, is it not? It is. So all you have to do is have bigger cojones and go after the bigger picture, and that's what I did. And so instead of selling a $15 item, I was selling a $15 million item. And as I made sales on that, my wealth accumulated. And as I sold off the businesses, I got more money for each business because I could identify um, better opportunities. And when you can identify a good opportunity and take advantage of it, you're going to make some money. And then if the business is strong and working strong, you can sell it for, for a bigger ticket. And yeah, the last few sales I made were for multi-billions of dollars. But the first one was Janssen for $680,000. See the difference? I do. So as I progressed in business, my knowledge grew. And so will everybody that's listening to this show. The only way you cannot succeed is to quit. Because if you quit, Steve, it is over, isn't it? Absolutely. I was just going to say there are a lot of people that 
that's kind of their go-to move is to get to the point where it gets hard and then they quit. And, and you know what they say, and it, it's an old cliche, but when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Now we've heard that all our life, haven't we? We have. So I look, I look upon, when I started a business, I anticipated there, there would be problems. There would be challenges. And I was ready to call audibles. So I would have contingency plans ready to go. And there's not much that you can't overcome. But people think they have to have their end game all capitalized before you can start with step one. That's not true. Pitter patter, let's get at her. <laughs> I like that. And, you know, activity and productivity are two different things. And a lot of people spend their business career in activity. And that was one thing, actually, that we went over uh, several years ago, you and I. The difference between activity and productivity. And activity, you were working on things that, that you could delegate. And productivity, you were working on things that directly made you money. So the more productive you are in a day, the better you are. The better off you are. And you can, you can measure productivity and activity. I challenge a person and utilize red file when I am doing activity and a green file when I'm doing productivity. And I try to continue to do productivity more than activity. Activity is something you delegate or something you do on the toilet between three and six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so Errol, for people, cause I know that even Kathy and I had a hard time getting our head around it to begin with, help people understand productivity. Because I think a lot of times people think um, only things that are making new money as opposed to things that also make you money. So can you kind of define that a little better for people? Um, ask the question again, Steve. So a lot of times when you start looking at a green folder um, and you say things that make you money, people, the only thing they can think of is things that are new sales, bringing in new money. But can you talk a little bit about the productivity things that are about saving, keeping, whatever the money you already have? Well, you know, what, what, with, with, you're talking about use of assets, I'm thinking, and the difference between an asset that is workable and usable and an asset that is just uh, um, intangible. Uh, an intangible asset is something that you own that is not going to produce money. It's not going to produce revenue. Like you own a home. Let's say you own a rental property. It doesn't produce unless what? It's rented. You have it rented. And if you have it rented, then it becomes a, product, a, a, a productive um, asset to your business or your career. 
but if it's not rented, not rented, rented, or rented, or but you don't have a plan to renovate it, that's a red file still. It's not producing any revenue. And so when I talk about productivity, I want to be generating revenue and my analytics or analysis tells me what areas I need to focus on the most, what areas I'm getting the best return in. And you can work from exceptional return to modest return, but that's still all productivity. Activity is, is when you're paying your bills, when, when you have to make a few phone calls, when, when you're training staff. Now, training staff can work into productivity, right? Because you're creating a, gener a second generation of people that can generate cash flow for you. Are you seeing the, the picture? And believe me, it is not hard. I did it, and I am not a rocket scientist. I didn't go to college. I ran my own businesses before I went to college, and I was worth more than the professors that were teaching college, so I didn't realize I could get any benefit by going. And so I went to the college, the University of Automobile. Have you ever experienced that? The University of Automobile is every, every time I drove somewhere, I didn't listen to music. I listened to a motivation tape. I listened to information that would, that would help me advance myself. And boy, are, do we live in the world of information. You know, if a person wanted to sell, they could go on YouTube and they could put salesmanship and they'd probably get a million hits. Uh, handling objections, uh, closing the sale. You know, all that is available training and most of the time it's for free. So we live in the we live in information era. Would you agree with me? And that information is all around us. So the way to utilize that information number 1 is to mirror and find out what your competitors are doing. Because eventually what do you want to be? better than the competitors, correct? And so if I learn all their moves, everything that they do, I have a good chance of acquiring them or having them become my support tool that's helping me build my business. You see what I mean? Because we recruit opportunity, we recruit people too. And when you go from level one where you're a proprietorship to level two where you might be an incorporated company or a love, uh, um, an independent company, and then you want to expand from that, then you need skills 
to be able to handle employees, don't you? The important thing when, when you give your employees an assignment is that it's done on time, right? And whose time are they playing with when they either get it to you on time or not? That's right. And you have to protect your time. It's the same when you look for salespeople. I'm looking for productive people that really want to make a difference in their life utilizing my product or service. And they're going to represent it for me. And they are an intimate part of my company, especially if you're a marketing uh, style scenario. See what I mean? I mean, just in so simple and basic of ways, he is expressing to you things that he's used to build companies from nothing to billions to work and sell and make money and grow 45 businesses. I, I feel so blessed to be able to have Errol with us today. And I really hope that you were both taking notes as well as noticing some of the points that he made there. I remember a conversation I was having with Errol and he told me, he said, you know, you get to the place where you've bought all the cars, you've worn all of the fancy clothes, you know, maybe you've owned a jet or two. I think he told me at the time he owned three. Um, you know, all of those different things. But at the end of the day, what you really want to do is make a difference in the world, to pass on what you've learned to the next generation, to people around you. And I really appreciate the insight and the wisdom that he's giving us. I really look forward to hearing some of you as you uh, tweet, you Facebook, hashtag Thriving Entrepreneur, and uh, put out some nuggets that you've learned from the things that Errol has been talking about so far. We're going to take our next commercial break, and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back thanks for listening to thriving entrepreneurs we talk today to errol abramson he tells us about the things that he's learned and shares with us how you can be a thriving entrepreneur. Such a bonus, such a blessing to have him on the show with us today. 
I spent some time talking to Errol. You know, Kathy and I helped him put his book out there in the world. And I wanted to get his insight on what the process was like, what it was like putting his book, his content, him for his information out into the world. Well, the interesting thing was uh, I never really wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to be in the shadows and, and help others. And I started working with a specific man. I'm not going to mention his name because the relationship became stressed. But we both agreed that we should tell our story. And I sat down and I started telling my story and realizing that, like you said, it's more of a series because I've lived multiple lives. But I wanted to get my story out from start to finish even uh, against your suggestion because it made it too big a book. But having a best-selling book uh, generates a lot of interest from other people. So I guess I've experienced more notoriety since I've had my book out. So what was it like working for Kathy and working with Kathy and I on doing your book? What was it like? Well, I had written my story. And what you did is you helped me. You found my voice, what I wanted to say. And I mean, you were excellent at it. And you helped me summarize my story to get it down from, I think we were at 600 pages or something like that. And you got it down to um, 400 pages. And, you know, when, when, you write individually, like when I write individually and somebody's editing me, um, you feel like they're, they're cutting into your baby. <laughs> so every time you, you summarize the chapter and you said, you know, e, this is what you have to do to say what you want to say. And you don't need all that extra schmaltz and stuff uh, that you put in because it takes away from where you're trying to take the reader. And I think you actually taught me that, is that one of the things is, is to write your story, and the other is to make it entertain, entertainable or entertainment, and then it has to flow. And you and Kathy really helped me create the flow. And I bet you do that with a lot of clients. We do. It's exciting. We're actually over 400 now that we've helped become best-selling authors. Unbelievable. What a track record. And just recently, um, my dear friend uh, in the UK, who is a legend, uh, Derek Redman, entrusted you to do his book, didn't he? He did. And it's a really fun book. Plus, it starts from, I, I don't know how many people have seen the video from him in the Olympics, but it starts from there but then frames the rest of his life as opposed to, you know, just spending forever in that, you know, interesting, but not necessarily highlight of his life moment that was that Olympics. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't know this about Derek, and I don't know if it was in the book, but up to the Olympics, he'd won just about every event there was. You know, he was an odds-on favorite to win the Olympics. Did you know that? 
I don't know if it's in the book, but he did tell me that in the interview when we were talking about it. it when, when I got a chance to uh, be in the UK and spend time with Derek and his family, and also meet his, his mom and dad, and at dinner, his dad telling me his perspective of the story, because, you know, you, you can't look at that video and not be affected. <laughs> Unless you just hate your father so much you don't want to hear about him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm emotionally touched every time, every time. And I know what's coming. And I'm emotionally touched every time when I see that. And then when I heard what Derek said, what he said to his dad was, just get me up. I'm going to finish my race. And with a torn hamstring, this man hobbled a 220-meter race. And he made a joke of it with me. He said, my dad got me up. He said, I, I still thought I could win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the attitude. You just can't keep a good man down. And if you watch the video, you can imagine what kind of pain he was in. I mean, he tore a hamstring muscle, just tore it right off the bone. And it took him 16, 18 months to heal. So it was an amazing injury and an amazing time for the Redmonds. And one of the other things he, uh, he shared with me is, is that he actually um, has represented his country in the Olympics in like three or four sports. So track and field, but a couple others as well. Yes, he, he was, he was, a, he was, a, um, I think he was a broad jumper. I think he threw javelin. Um, he was a very talented individual. It's fun to watch people's stories develop and to go from, uh, you know, who they were to then the impact that they can make now. Um, in fact, if you could take a minute, Errol, because I know that even though all 45 of your companies have been successful, you've had times when life has really knocked you down. Can oh, you sure. talk a little bit about the process of taking a hard hit and then getting back up? Well, I, I had two super big hits in, in my career, and they they could have each one of them could have knocked me off my, my track and I could have never recovered. And one of them was the first business where, you know, I was hiring salespeople on commission to sell my cards and we were doing like a door-to-door -door thing and we were in Hawaii and that door-to-door -door in Hawaii just doesn't work. But because I did another little business, door-to-door, uh, -door, I thought that was the way to go. But I would have donuts and Krispy Kreme and coffee at my home in the morning, and the sales crew would come in, and they would eat me, eat all my Krispy Kremes, drink all my coffee, uh, finish all my orange juice, and when there was nothing left, then they went and slept on the beach, and nobody made any sales. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I shared um, my story. And 
started calling audibles and using other creativity. And the business eventually started to flourish. And then once you hit that, um, you know, de de minimum return, um, and you're actually ready to make a profit, things change very quickly. And that's where I got more confidence. And the more confidence I had, the stronger I became. The other business was in real estate in the Cayman Islands, where um, I was selling tax haven information and teaching people how to save money on taxes. And you can imagine the Canadian government didn't take too kindly to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a whistleblower in my ranks that turned me in, and I, that gave me about six years of tremendous aggravation. And in the end, I did win, but I understand what you said because it could, it could have easily tapped anybody's energy. You were talking to me the other day about, um, you know, businesses that you've come into that are, you know, when you buy them, they're in hardship or those kind of things. Um, and that you just had to just call the people and tell them, hey, you know, there's not the money to pay this thing right now. Um, you know, say a little bit more about that. Is that, again, part of that whole thing you were saying earlier about nothing happens until something is sold? Well, you know, the interesting thing about that, that was my second business venture. And I was learning as I, as I went. You know, there wasn't a book that was written about it. There was, uh, um, I was trying to be my own brand. I was young. I was inexperienced. Um, and I didn't have the education that I needed to build a strong business in the beginning. I actually had to develop it. And as I was developing my brand, there came a time where I did run out of money. And the bank wouldn't give me any more credit. Uh, and I had two bills that were both critical bills to pay. And I didn't know which one to pay. I could only pay one. And I didn't know what to do. And eventually I talked to the creditor and I told him my situation. He said, Errol, I have plenty of money. Um, give me 25% and give the other guy 75%. And I'll take a note from you for the balance. And I'll tell the other guy what I'm doing, and he'll probably take a note from you too. And through just throwing up the problem that I was confronted with, came the answer. And I think it really ties back into what you were saying at the beginning about nothing happens until something is sold. Yeah, that sure is, that sure is it. Nothing happens until something is sold. And I sold that guy on me where he believed in me and he believed in me enough to extend me credit where 
I probably wasn't worthy of that credit with financial assets, but he saw something in me because of the way I approached him that he let me develop. By the way, that man made 10 times his money with me. So, so tell everybody, how can they, um, how can they go further with you if they wanted to be part of EBI? I know that's a limited group or they wanted to uh, get more information from you. How could they, uh, how could they get more of more arrow in their life? Well, thank you for that. And you know, I know this, is, this is, sounds silly, but I'm not really sure. Uh, EDI, we have a Facebook group, and we have a group called Our Founders, uh, and I do consulting for $200 a month. It doesn't sound like very much money, does it? No. Um, you've paid considerably more to consultants that know a lot less than I do, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and and. And so of my group, we have six people that are now earning over a million dollars a year and one of them over five. And these are small businesses, maybe proprietorships. And we work with them and teach them the skills of operating business. We put a lot of stuff out on our website to allow people to be able to learn from us. So uh, getting in touch with me is, is as simple as contacting EDI, Entrepreneurial Development Institute. Uh, my assistant, Ty, who worked with you, um, will tell you what you need to know to become involved with us. And it's not that hard and the results will be very meaningful. And I've enjoyed it. You know, I enjoy working with small business a lot more than I enjoy working with Fortune 100 companies. Fortune 100 companies pay your bill, and it's political, whether they use your advice or not. Small business really needs your advice and your help and your tutelage. And so I feel like I'm doing something that, that uh, is needed, and the results that it's getting are proof in the pudding. Six people earning over a million dollars this calendar year. That's awesome. Yeah, it really is. I'm, you know, and, but you know what? Some of the wins have not been uh, financial. Some of the wins have been in creating confidence. And a lot of times that might take six months to develop the, the, the winning attitude. But once you develop it, you won't know anything else and you won't need anything else. That's awesome. Well, Errol, I really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Um, I appreciate all of the insight that you bring to the world. Um, and we're going to uh, put the link both uh, I'll say it here on the closing as well as we'll put it on the website so people that want to go further with you can. Thank you very much. And I really appreciate working with you too. What you do is, is something very important. You, you help people create their voice and to tell stories that need to be told. 
and probably wouldn't be told without you and Kathy. So I really admire you people. Thank you very much. If you want to do more with Errol, you can go to edifounders.com forward slash welcome. And that'll take you to a page where you can get more information about working with Errol. Maybe you are one of the people who's going to be one of the next ones who's going to build their business from next to nothing to being an over million dollar a year business. I guarantee you that any time you spend training with Errol will totally be worth it. So go check out edifounders.com forward slash welcome. We're going to take our last commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. While my brain feels bigger, I feel more empowered, more able to be a successful entrepreneur after every conversation I have with Errol. And I hope that some of you too have some amazing insights. Feel free to tweet, to Facebook, make posts with the hashtag thriving entrepreneur. I'd love to see the things that you got out of it. Maybe you picked up something he said that I didn't, didn't even get. And, and that's awesome. I really hope that you took notes, that you invested time. Remember, of course, the show is recorded, so you can go back and listen over and over. And if you didn't really totally understand what he was saying the first time, hey, that's okay. Like I said, it makes you kind of feel like somebody learning how to stand for the first time. But that's all right. Errol's got some great insights in there. You know, Errol was referring in the book or in the interview about the book that Kathy and I helped him put out into the world. And it's really important that you understand and you hear what he had to say about his book, You Can Too. That's his whole entire life story. He wanted to do a legacy book. He wanted to make sure that everything he had gone through, everything he had learned, everything he knew was out there in a book form. And we helped him formulate that, put it out there, make it a bestseller. And of course, it's selling on Amazon and it's opening doors for him even at this stage in his life. It's helping him out. And I love the testimonial he gave for us in the middle of that. Um, And some of the people he's brought to the table like Derek Redman to help us be able to really share powerful messages with the world. And we want to help you share your message with the world, too. 
Because whether you're a billionaire or whether you started your business today, you do have a message that needs to be shared. Kathy and I started our group that's free. It's called Best Sellers Guild. Um, you can look it up on Facebook, Best Sellers Guild, or you can go to Best sellersguild.com and that'll take you right to the group you can ask to join it's a free group we have all kinds of great information that we help you with that both in putting your book out as well as even things Kathy's been sharing all year with us stuff that she's learned over the 20 plus years that she's been doing marketing to help people advance their social media and there's all kinds of people who have built enormous followings just taking the advice that Kathy gives in the group for free. So if you are an author, if you are an entrepreneur, then you are what we call an authorpreneur. You have a message. You have a purpose. And we want to help you get it out there in the world. And step one, one of the very basic things you need to do is you need a book. As a marketing company who's been doing this for 20 plus years, we can tell you, that if you don't have a book, one of the very first things we would do for you as a client, do with you as a client, is get your book in print. And as long as you're going to write a book, why not make it a bestseller? So it starts off really easy, though. No money involved to get started with us. You just go to bestsellersguild.com. Get to know us, become part of the tribe, learn the things. And then when you're ready, we have several different formats, several different ways to help you get your book out into the world and make the difference that you were meant to make. Make the difference that only you can make because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And I want you to know, I want you to hear this clearly. The world needs you. Kathy and I are here to help you to share that message with the world, to thrive in your life and business, to show you how you can share your message, your unique brilliance with the world. We would be blessed to have you part of our group, Best Sellers Guild. We would love to see you in there. And when you're ready, we're here to help you put your book out into print so that we can share with you what we've learned and help you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. 
Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.